Well, good morning, and uh, it's good to see you all. And it's a little bit cooler today, but I think we can live with that, knowing that the uh, the summer is supposed to be on its way, isn't it? So we'll see if it actually arrives. Um, we're going to stand in a few minutes, and we're going to sing our first hymn. But before we do, let's just pray together. Just come before the Lord. Come on in, folks. Sit down. We're fine. Father, we just thank you again for the privilege we have to be able to gather together in your name. We thank you that we have your word and we have the freedom to open it and read it together. We thank you that we can gather around here and listen to your word preached. And it's your word we're here to to listen to. It's not man's word. And we thank you that you are here. And it's by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will open our hearts to what you have to say to us this morning. Our Father, as we come into your presence, each of us will have had varying types of weeks as the days have gone by. And we just ask in these few moments, in the quietness of our hearts, we can bring these things before you. Thank you for the blessings that we've have had and for the fact that you have been with us through what might have been harder times during this week. Our Father, we look forward to this time of refreshing as we prepare to face the coming days. Father, we would pray for the world situation. We think of the terrible things that are going on at the moment. And our Father, you've told us that there will be wars and rumours of wars, and you have told us it's because of sin, the evilness of man's heart. Our Father, we just bring these things before you. We do pray for world leaders. We pray for wisdom. Our Father, we pray for the folk in Ukraine who are suffering even more today than they did yesterday. But, our Father, we thank you that you are there in their their midst and that your presence is seen and your voice is heard. And, our Father, we thank you that you have given us the promise that if we come to you in the power of Jesus, that we will have that gift that only you can give, the gift of whatever life throws at us. We have that promised eternity with you. But in the meantime, we pray for our brothers and sisters throughout the world as we quietly bring them into your presence now our father we just pray that as we continue this morning that again you will open our hearts and our minds to what you have to say to us and that through our time together we might enjoy friendship and fellowship with each other but more than that we'll have that fellowship with you and we do this in the precious name of jesus amen Well, let's stand and sing together, and our opening hymn is 626, Teach Me Thy Way, Teach Me Thy Way, O Lord.
We're going to have our Bible reading and Ben is going to come and read to us. We're going to read from John chapter 20. It's verse 19 through to 29. If you have a pew Bible, which is one of the red ones here, it's on page 766. John 20 from verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands and the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your fingers here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Ben. I don't know about you, but I love Thomas. And Thomas is named as Thomas the Doubter. You know, we can get a bad name, can't we, for just one act. But I love him. You know why I love Thomas? Because I can relate to him. And there's a great lesson here in the life of Thomas. You sometimes doubt things. What do you do when you doubt? You know what a lot of people do? They just either give up or they'll go and ask somebody else but not with a real desire to know the answer. And what people won't do, and this is the failing, they won't find out for themselves. And that's a thought for us to take with us this morning as we gather together. Doubt. We all doubt. But do we ever bother to find out the truth as to whether what we doubt is real? 
I always use the illustration, I'm going to use it now, of, you know, electricity. I don't know how it works. But I know enough to understand that when I throw that little switch on the wall and it starts, the light goes on. And you know, that's the evidence because I know it works. And if I want to, I can go and examine it closer. I can go and find out that in an electrical circuit, the ratio of the potential difference between two ends of a conductor is constant, providing that the current strength and temperature remain steady. Ohm's law of electrolysis. I only know that because I had to learn it for an exam. I haven't got a clue what it means now. But you know what I do now? I know when I walk in the dark room, I throw the switch and the light comes on. So think about that. We're going to um, have a few courses with the children. So um, if you want to come forward now, and if any of the adults want to come and help them, then come and do that. And the adults are all going to do the actions, and you're going to encourage the choruses. So, um, Ben, you can pick which, which one's going to sing. Grace. Oh, just to mention also, I've got the notices, but I'll do them in a minute. So listen, when we've had the choruses, if I forget the notices, somebody shout out. Don't forget the notices. Okay, great.
stars to shine. Allowed to be shy on your birthday. <laughs> well, the notices, um, I did remember, 
So the notices are that after the service there will be some um, tea and coffee and I did notice a tray of something coming in. Are they for us to eat later? Oh yeah, there's something on a tray. All right, look forward to that later. And enjoy the, the fellowship and conversation as well afterwards when you have your drink. And Wednesday is our Bible study. Now, we're not back in the church yet for our Bible study, but we're working towards that. So we should be back soon in the church. Uh, so the actual Bible study will go out on WhatsApp at around about half past five on Wednesday. And that is the, the, the Bible study we're doing. We're going through Revelation at the moment. And then we have a meeting on Zoom at seven o'clock. And the meeting on Zoom is more just to come on Zoom and just have a little chat, catch up with each other, see how the week's been, see what's going on. And then around about quarter to eight, we have a time of prayer. And then we finish at eight o'clock. So that's on Wednesday. Friday, it's the baby and toddler group at 10 o'clock Friday morning. And on Friday evening at quarter to seven is the, um, the kids' club. And then we're back here next Sunday. Now, at 11 o'clock next Sunday, our speaker is Steve Baker. Uh, Steve's a great friend, and a lot of you will know him. He's from Bethel Green Lane Church. So I'll be here as well. We'll all be here. And Steve Baker will be the speaker. So come and uh, listen to Steve. He's good. And you'll notice that Derek and Jane are not here this morning. They've gone on holiday. They went on Friday. They're due back, I think, next Friday. I'll tell you what they've done. They've actually gone on holiday to a place that they went to many years back when the children were little. They had a lot of photographs. So they've taken the photographs with them and they're going to take photographs again in the same locations. Uh, and I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, I, I always remember one of the um, American comedians, he said he used to hate watching television. He said he was, the, he was quite famous, he was an actor. He said, I must be the only person in the world who can go home at night and watch myself age on the television. <laughs> but there you go. Um, you notice how Matthew is not here again this morning. He's away in Ireland. He's coming, he went on Friday nights and he's back on Monday. And he's gone over to see Danny Roberts. Now, a lot of you will know Danny. Danny's from Liverpool. But he actually does mission work in Ireland. And he goes into schools. And we've got some of his, I think we've got some of his... Uh, information at the back, I'm not sure, we normally do have, and he works in the schools in Northern Ireland, and he also does outreach, and he's been over to China and other places throughout the world. So our Matthew's gone over to spend the weekend with Danny and Danny's family. Um, I think that's all the, uh, the notices. If I've forgotten anything, I'm sure you will tell me. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you um, turn back to the passage that Ben read for us, and that was in John. It's a very well-known passage, and I want us to take a look at it this morning and to think about what the Lord is saying to us. So let's just come before the Lord before we do that. Father, we thank you again for the fact that we have your word. And Father, we just pray that in these few moments of quietness, we'll just put aside the things that would concern us, the things that bother us, the things that fill our minds we pray that we will just concentrate our thoughts on what you have to say through your word and we do this in the precious name of Jesus Amen well I mentioned Thomas earlier and three days after the death of Jesus the only evidence that the disciples had 
that Jesus was alive was an empty tomb and a report by some women that they'd seen Jesus alive. Not a great deal of evidence. And you can understand the fact that they were afraid anyway. They were confused. They didn't know what was happening. And so they more than likely hoped that the women were right, but maybe doubted the possibility of Jesus being alive. So their initial reaction would have been one of maybe doubts and maybe a little disbelief. You know, it is an unbelievable thing that happened from a human point of view. But with God, all things are possible. And he rose his son from the dead, victorious over sin and death and Satan and hell. And that is, I'm glad for us, that's unbelievable. But by the power of God, the evidence is indismissible. And if we look at it, we can do nothing but believe it. Why? Because we know why it happened. And we know who we are. And we know what we need. If we'll take the time to look. During the next few weeks, the evidence would be such that they would be certain that Jesus was alive. And they, some of them, the disciples, would have the privilege of seeing him ascend back into heaven. Now, here's the thing. It was about 40 days between the resurrection of Jesus and the ascension. 40 days. You know, I always like to stop for a few moments and put these thoughts into perspective. Do you know how long ago it was that we celebrated Easter Sunday here? It was about 20 days. 20 days. Jesus was with them for that time. And you know, he's going to be with them another 20 days before he ascends into heaven. And that was the period when the evidence was there. Evidence that Paul could say to people, look, he's alive, there's people still alive. Go and ask them. They've seen him, they've spoken to him. He was there. The evidence was there. One of the disciples, Thomas, went through a time. Now he's Thomas, the disciple. He went through a time when he doubted that Jesus was alive. You know, that's one of the reasons I love Thomas. Because there are so many people like that. But they keep that doubt. And they hold on to that doubt. And it's, well, yeah, you're talking to me about Jesus. And yeah, I, I know he died on the cross. Yeah, I think he rose again. But, but I doubt it's any use to me. I doubt it's any concern to me. I even doubt the truth, if you're honest. That will be a conversation you might have with a lot of people. Well, here's Thomas. Thomas Cowley. That's encouragement, you know. That's encouragement. Thomas doubted. You know, I want us this morning to see that Thomas's doubt. I hate to use these two phrases or these two words because they get misunderstood. Thomas's doubt was not negative, it was positive. 
You always want to get that the other way around, isn't it, when, you know, with COVID. But Thomas's doubt is seen as being negative. I'm going to tell you Thomas's doubt was not negative. It was positive. Thomas was given some serious thought of the possibility that Jesus was alive. Thomas is known as the doubter. But before we look at that, let's just spend a few moments and we'll have a little look at Thomas. Thomas. Thomas, who was a man who was prepared to ask a question. It's not easy being brave enough to ask a question. You know, when we ask a question, we're admitting that we're ignorant. I can remember way back in school and, you know, the teacher would say something and none of us would understand it. But it took the brave person to put the hand up and say, I don't know what you mean, sir. And all of us go, I'm glad he asked that. Because if I'd have asked it, they all would have known that I don't know. They'd all think I'm ignorant. And if that person hadn't put the hand up, asked the question, and the teacher answered so that we could understand, we never would have understood it. It takes, it takes bravery to do that. John 14, verse 1 to 6. Jesus spoke words of reassurance to the disciples before he was taken from them and ascended back into heaven. This is what he said. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also will be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And they all stood there dumbfound, not really knowing or understanding what he was saying. Who spoke up? Thomas. Thomas spoke up and he said, Lord, and notice the we. Notice the way he knows that the others around him, the other 11 disciples, they're not quite sure of what he meant. They probably looked at each other with confusion while he was speaking. Have you done that? Somebody's speaking and you don't understand. You look at the person next to you and you see that they don't understand either. And you get that little bit of body language with a little shake of the head. I don't know. Do you know? No, I don't. Does he know? No, he doesn't know. You've been there, haven't you? They were there. Who spoke up? Thomas, what did he say? What did Thomas say? Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Isn't that a great question? That's a great question. Just two little, two little things. We don't know where you're going. I know you've just told us. And if we don't know, well, how can we know the way? Isn't that great? That's, that's, that's wonderful. I like you, Thomas. You're all right. And Jesus answered, now get this. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You got that? You know what that means? Those few words that Jesus gave in answer to Thomas's question. It means that God is in control. It means that all things, including doubts, doubting Thomas, 
all things would work together for the good of those who love God. Romans 8 verse 28. The good of all things. That's the good things and the bad things. We only think about the good things, don't we? It's all worked out fine. All things work together for the good because I love God. And then you get some kind of health problem. And the scenario is not looking good. And you say, where are you, God? Why is this happening to me? God is in control. All things work together for the good of those who love God. And it's working together for Thomas. And you know who's good it's working together for? Yours and mine. You know, that answer that Jesus gave, that answer has brought many, many souls to Christ. You know, we've heard it many times. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, and we've got that because of Thomas's doubt. Agreed. <coughs> Thomas was also prepared to die. Listen to this. This is John 11, 14, verse 16. At the news of the death of Lazarus, there was real danger for them to go back to Jerusalem. They knew that. It was getting near to the time when Jesus would be arrested and it was dangerous for them to go back to Jerusalem because they were associates of his and they too could have been arrested. John 11, 7, verse 7 and 8. And when he said to the disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you and yet you're going back. And then further down in that passage, so then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. This was the occasion of the death of Lazarus. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. By the way, that's another sad thing that happened, which God was in control of when Lazarus died. And many were blessed by that. But let's go on. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, that is, the disciple who's a twin. Um, and the rest of the disciples. And then Thomas, known as Didymus, said, let us also go, that we may die with him. It took Thomas a lot of courage to say that. And he probably made the other disciples look a little bit sheepish when he looked at them, because he knew that they didn't want to go, and he didn't want to go. Again, body language. These are real people. They don't want to go to Jerusalem. And Jesus wants to go to Jerusalem with them. And they know it's dangerous. But it's Thomas who says, come on, lads, let's go with him. And die. You get tired, Thomas. Back to Thomas who was prepared to doubt. Who did he doubt? He doubted the other disciples. Get that. He doubted the other disciples. What did he doubt? Now get this as well. He doubted the things that they said. That's good advice, you know. That's good advice. 
Be prepared to doubt what you hear. What do we have that we live with now? Fake news. It's everywhere, isn't it? Do you believe everything? A lot of people do. You know what I said on Facebook? Do you know what I saw on Facebook today? Blah, 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 blah. And you're, what? Do you believe that? Yeah. Well, don't. It's fake news. Listen to this. This is the passage we read. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, with the doors locked, right? The fear of the Jewish leaders, right? Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. They saw him. They heard him speak. They saw his wounds. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. They were overjoyed because they knew that it was Jesus. Verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. That's what the other disciples told him. That was the truth. We have seen the Lord. Well, he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now let's stop for a few moments. We've got a good picture of Thomas. Thomas the one who's prepared to ask the question. The question that Jesus, or the answer that Jesus gave to that question has been a blessing to mankind down the years. Thomas the man who was brave enough to go to Jerusalem and stand by Jesus knowing that it would be dangerous for him. Thomas believed that Jesus had lived. He'd spent three years following him. He had no doubt about that. Thomas believed that Jesus died. He knew that. Otherwise, why ask about, I want to see the nail prints in his hands and in his side. He had no doubts about the fact that, John, Thomas, that Jesus died. Thomas believed that Jesus was buried. He knew he'd been buried. He knew about the tomb. Thomas believed that the disciples had seen someone. Right? Get that. For he doubted that someone was Jesus. Are you with me on this? Are you getting the full picture of what's going on in the, the, the heart and the mind of Thomas? Who is Thomas? Thomas was a disciple of Jesus. He knew he lived. He'd seen him die. He'd seen the tomb. But he's not prepared to believe what he's heard other people say when they tell him what they have seen. How do you think he would react as a disciple? In Matthew 24, Jesus had warned them not to be deceived. Did you get that? He'd warned them not to be deceived. 
It warned them not just to take it on the top of your head about what you hear other people say they've heard and seen. Even those you trust. You get to like Thomas a little bit more. I am. This is Thomas the faithful. What did Jesus say in Matthew 24? What did he teach Thomas in those days? If those days had not been short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, these days will be shortened. Trouble ahead. At that time, anyone who says to you, look here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe him. The false Messiah and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive you. Possible even the elect. See, I have told you in advance. Thomas took that on board. I believe he did. If Thomas had recalled these words, is this his reason for not just believing? To hope it's true, but at this point he doubts it. But we know that Thomas is a thinker. And we know that Thomas wouldn't let that go. Thomas would be mulling over, you know, it's going to be a week where Thomas will spend with these disciples. And he won't see Jesus for that week, but he'll hear them talk about it. And they'll all be overjoyed. They'll be all singing and dancing. He's alive. And they'll be saying, I don't know, I haven't seen him. I want to be right. I want the truth. And Jesus warned us that this sort of thing would happen. Thomas has got his, got his head screwed on. Thomas has got his heart in the right place. Thomas is being a faithful disciple. That's what Thomas is doing. That's what we need to do. You get that? If I preach anything not in here, shoot me down. John also repeats these words of warning to the believers in his first letter in 1 John 1 verse 1 to 3. You think John might have been a little bit influenced by Thomas's reaction here? I think he probably was, you know. The mates, the disciples, they've been together for three years. Okay, now Thomas is questioning things. And they're probably thinking, why won't he believe but he will believe. And then they'll all be brothers together. Because they'll be believers and brothers in the truth. 1 John 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many of false prophets have gone out into the world, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But the spirit does, that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. The spirit of unbelief. 
the spirit of deception the spirit of those who will come in the name of Jesus even those who will stand up and say that they are the Messiah or even as John Lennon said that he was more famous than Jesus Thomas wanted evidence before he would believe that Jesus was alive what evidence did he want the evidence of the cross he knew that Jesus had died he wanted to see the wounds because he knew that that was a real death the evidence of the resurrection he wanted to see Jesus that was his desire he wanted to see Jesus he wanted to hear Jesus speak he had the opportunity to do that in a physical way we don't but the opportunity is still there for us to hear Jesus speak that passage we read from verse 26 to 29 a week later his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them though the doors were locked same scenario Jesus came and stood among them same scenario and Jesus said peace be with you exactly the things that the disciples had told Thomas had happened the things that they had seen the things that they had heard and now Thomas was there Thomas saw him and this is great did Jesus reprimand Thomas did he refuse to speak to him because you didn't believe no you know in this little ah, I'd love to have been there to see this this is a little ah of love and compassion and understanding that's how Jesus meets us he knows that we fail he knows we're sinners that's why he died for us because he loved us and he said to Thomas put your finger here see my hands reach out your hand and put it into my side stop doubting and believe that wasn't a reprimand that was Thomas you've got peace you've got peace of mind you can stop doubting now you stop worrying about whether you're saved or not once you've accepted Jesus as your saviour and believe Thomas heard him speak Jesus called him by name. Jesus showed him his hands and his side and he invited Thomas to touch his wounds to know that they were real and that this was the risen Jesus. And Thomas said to him, this is great, my Lord, my God. What else could he say? What else could he say? 
All the evidence was there. He didn't need to hear Jesus speak another word. He didn't need to look at those wounds. He didn't need to touch those wounds. He didn't need to do anything. Just believe. And what did he believe? That this is Jesus? Yes. But that's not what he said. He saw who Jesus really was. My Lord and my God. You speak to a lot of people in the street. You speak about the gospel. You speak about the Bible. And they will say, yeah, I know Jesus. I go to church. I read the Bible. Can you say he's my Lord and my God? Then Jesus told him, and this is great again. This is another benefit that Thomas has given to you and I. Because Jesus now speaks about us. Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. And Jesus is saying, that's great. That's good. And he goes on. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We do not see Jesus with our physical eyes. We do not hear him speak with our physical ears. He speaks to our hearts. He speaks to our soul. He speaks to our conscience. He speaks to our sinful nature. What does he say? He invites us to come to him. You know, this goes on. I said 40 days before Jesus ascended. This is just a week after his resurrection. You know, maybe a week and a couple of days. So there's a lot of learning to go on. There's a lot of great times to have. We read this in John 21. After Jesus appeared, after Jesus, after, afterwards Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way, Simon, Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan of Galilee and the son of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. And this is what they said. Peter said, I'm going fishing. And they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and they got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples didn't realise that it was Jesus. He called them, friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the other side of the boat and you will find something. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said, so this is John, uh, the disciple who, whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard, that, he heard him say that, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment round him, for he'd taken it off and he jumped into the water. The disciples followed. They told the nets in. They had about um, a whole load of fish. And there were burning coals there. And there was bread. Jesus had prepared a meal. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew that it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them. So what we have here is, is it, it, it's, it's a, a reunion. You know, those 40 days, they would have seen Jesus, but other people saw Jesus as well. 
and they wouldn't have been with him all the time. And on this particular occasion, they decided to go out, uh, and Peter went to what he liked doing, fishing, and the others went with him. But Jesus knew they were there. Jesus had prepared a meal. He prepared breakfast. It was a distance away. And they weren't sure who it was on the shore till they got a bit closer. It was John who recognised him, but it was Peter who jumped in the boat and went out towards him. You see the different characters of the disciples here were all different, but they all went towards Jesus. And Jesus is the one who had prepared the meal for them. Now we know what happened to that meal and we can read on, but I just want to take this point as we draw to a close. The risen Jesus invited them to a meal a meal that he had prepared for them. That's a picture of another meal that Jesus has prepared for his people. And Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's you and I. That's you and me. And we're exactly like the disciples, different characters. We saw that when one sees who it is, and we've seen that before. John, he'll look, but he'll hesitate. Peter won't, he's straight in. Ooh, there we go. There's Thomas. Thomas doubted, but he was faithful. He doubted for a reason, because Jesus told him to, don't take everything you hear and see from other people as being true, because it won't be. So examine the evidence. That's what Thomas was doing. And you know the evidence is there for us today. We've got a lot more evidence than a lot of people had, say, in the days of Paul in the early church. We have God's Word, the Bible. We also have the ability to examine these things, to examine the evidence. People have done that. You know, when it comes to the resurrection, many people who have openly discredited and disbelieved it but who've looked at it we've got books we can read I can think of a few that I could mention I won't give you titles now but one of them was written by a judge who examined the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus and the things that happened and his conclusion was he had to believe it and he became a Christian. Another one was a detective. A detective who, who was venomous about disbelieving anything about Jesus. But then when he thought about the resurrection, he set out to disprove it from a detective's point of view. And he examined all the evidence like a detective was. And at the end of it, he said, it's true. It's got to be true. See, we've got a lot of evidence. But if you bother to check it out, this is where we start. God's Word. Ignorance is no excuse because we're encouraged to seek. And Jesus told us if we seek, we will find. Matthew 6.33 But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That meal I mentioned, you go to Revelation 19, verse 9. 
Then the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. That great Genesis right through to Revelation. But I'm going to leave you with this one thing this morning. As we've looked at so-called doubting Thomas. This is what we got. Benefit of Thomas being Thomas. Jesus answered. I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I think we can all say amen to that. And if you can't say amen to that, keep searching. If you doubt, look at the evidence. Because I can say with confidence, like those writers I mentioned, from the legal side, from the judicial side, who have examined the evidence with a view to discredit him and have come up with the answer doubting examining and saying it's true praise God for that let's stand and sing together our hymn is hymn number 689 thine be the glory
Father, we do thank you for your presence with us this morning. And Father, we just ask your continued blessing upon us as we go through this week. We remember the folk who are listening at home and ask that you continue to bless them. And Father, we just would thank you for the reminders that you give us of who you really are. Reminders of your greatness. Reminders of your love. And our Father, in the, the reflection of that, we see how insignificant we are. Sinful people. But we thank you that we can be sinners saved by grace because of the love you have for us. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen.